Hey there, this is Heather McAllister, a health coach for women in midlife. I went from feeling fat and tired at 40 to living my best life ever nine years later. I now feel better than ever in my body and in my clothes. I feel a renewed sense of purpose and energy and I'm here to share that with you. It was not an easy path. I had a lot of missteps along the way, but all those missteps have made it easier to help women facing the same struggles. So I created the Get Better With Heather podcast to give you simple and effective strategies to do the same thing. So if you're a woman in midlife and you're struggling to feel good in your body, to take off extra weight without obsessing over food, to get motivated and get moving, then this podcast is for you. Hit the subscribe button to stay up to date and let's get started. Welcome to the Get Better with Heather show. What is up, guys? This is episode three. I'm so excited to talk about today's topic. But first, if you've not joined me before, we talk in this show about how to feel better in your body, how to support better health without all the drama, and thrive into midlife. And my goal for you is to become the expert of your own body. Learn how to tap into your own body wisdom and to coach yourself to better health. Today's topic is near and dear to me, not only because it's something that has profoundly affected my body and my health, but it is always a topic of conversation in my health coaching sessions. It is something that most, if not all of you face on a day-to-day basis, but we often do not realize just how it impacts our health and the steps that we can really effectively take to make it better. So if you are a 40-something-year-old or 40-plus-year-old woman, especially, and you are gaining weight, especially around the belly and having a hard time getting it off, and you're also really struggling with stress, then this is definitely the episode for you to listen to. So just a little statistic here. 75% of all Americans have moderate to severe stress. And as I record this, this is March 6th, 2022, I would say that number's probably gone up. There are so many things going on in our lives in general, in the outside world right now, that are or have been very stressful for us. But as women, we are particularly vulnerable to stress, especially as we enter midlife. And I'm going to break this down for you so that you understand exactly what I'm talking about. But as women, and generally, we tend to internalize other people's stress. So the stress of our family members, our bosses, our friends, what's going on in the world, even our coworkers. 
And knowing how to recognize the effects of stress in your life and how it's impacting your body is really, really important to helping you get a handle on it. Now, I always like to elaborate on these things because I think we all intuitively know that we're stressed and it's not good for us. Um, So on some level, we know this. But if you're like me, we begin to normalize these chronic feelings. We just kind of acknowledge and dismiss them. And they become so intertwined with our daily being that we don't really sit back and recognize how it's impacting us. Sometimes we feel completely powerless on how to change it, right? Because a lot of times we can't really get rid of the stress, right? So I want to be really, really, really clear here. I want you to understand the reason why getting in control of the impact of stress on your body, and there are ways that you can um, definitely control how it's impacting your health. Um, But I want to start by explaining in a very simple way what's going on, because I think information is so crucial here. and understanding why chronic stress is so detrimental, especially if you're a woman over 40. So if three out of four Americans are experiencing moderate to severe stress, then I'm gonna assume most of you are as well, or you have in the past. And if you're struggling with weight or digestive issues or a number of other health problems, Understanding this, getting a handle on it, and doing something about it can be a game changer. So when we perceive stress, and that stress can be anything from someone cutting us off um, when we're driving somewhere, our boss not being nice to us, you know, or just the demands of everyday life, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, that's a mouthful, the HPA axis is activated. So this is sort of this system in our body that is set up to respond to stress. And it's a survival mechanism as most things are in our body because our body is designed super good at keeping us alive. So this axis includes the pituitary gland, the adrenals, and the hypothalamus in the brain. And this causes this cascade of events with hormones such as cortisol, adrenaline, which then create a physiologic response. So like I said, this stress response is a survival mechanism. It increases your heart rate, your blood pressure, dilates your pupils, and it shunts blood from organs such as the gut and the kidney, and it sends it to skeletal muscle. Now, Back when we were running away from tigers, this allowed our bodies to do what it needed to do, move really fast and run away. The HPA axis also responds by suppressing non-essential functions, right? Things that are not necessary to survive in that moment, like our immune system and our reproductive functions. So those get shut down our awareness is sharpened, so it makes us hyper aware. Also, stored fats in your body and sugars become mobilized, thus raising blood sugar levels. 
Cortisol is one of the major hormones responsible for the stress response and is a diurnal hormone, meaning it has a pattern. So it's highest in the morning around 8 a.m. That helps us wake up. And then it lowers right before bed, right around 10 p.m. for sleeping. When we're faced with stress, chronic stress, these hormones get secreted all the time and it disrupts a whole host of things that are going on in your body. We can disrupt the cortisol rhythm so that it is higher at night, making it more difficult to sleep. So a lot of people have felt that, right? You try to go to bed, but you're wired. And that's due to cortisol. We can also have chronically elevated blood sugar levels, which can cause damage in the long term to blood vessels and lead to insulin resistance. High cortisol levels, when they're chronically elevated, can lead to intestinal permeability or leaky gut. So blood is diverted from the GI tract, which can also lead to irritable bowel symptoms. Over time, our thyroid hormones could get disrupted. So it can turn our metabolism down and eventually make us feel really fatigued and tired. Chronic stress levels can lead to fat storage in the abdomen. And the reason why this is, is because fat stored in your abdomen is much faster for your body to mobilize when it needs it. So if your body's feeling like it's under attack all the time, it's going to store a lot of excess calories and sugar in your belly area to allow your body to respond. Again, this is all for survival. Your body can't tell the difference between, or your brain can't tell the difference between, you know, chronic stress versus survival stress. Over time, this can lead to things like anxiety, depression, brain fog, because our brain and our memory power actually gets disrupted. This will lead to food cravings because it tells your body to store, store, store energy. Your brain is saying, oh my gosh, I'm under stress. I better eat because I don't know when my next meal is going to come. Hormonal fluctuations can also disrupt sex hormones when they're elevated chronically. So overall, chronic stress has been shown to contribute to type 2 diabetes, weight gain by promoting snacking and overeating, by making us uh, more insulin resistant and can increase inflammatory market markers in our body, which can trigger autoimmune disease. So what you might feel like, you may find yourself feeling awake at night and then crashing around 3 p.m. during the day. This could be due to a disruption in your cortisol rhythm. You may feel wired and tired hypervigilant, irritable. You may need caffeine to get through the day. Your focus may be disrupted. You may feel more scattered. Your memory isn't so good. Your willpower will tank. So saying no to things that make you feel good, foods that maybe aren't the healthiest but make you feel good will be much harder. Can lead to feelings of overwhelm, insomnia, low sex drive, 
and other hormonal problems. Over a period of time, this chronic stress can actually cause a reduction in our metabolism, can reduce our immune or immunity in general, causing frequent colds, low ambition, feeling depressed. So while we're not running from tigers anymore, stress can be perceived, like I said before, by the brain when we receive an email, watch the, watching the news, getting irritated by someone who makes a comment we don't like on our Facebook page. And again, as women, we are particularly vulnerable to these stressors when we hit midlife. We've got aging parents, more work responsibility, teenagers, we're pulled often into many different directions and have a lot of responsibility. So one of the things that happens, just to get a little bit more in depth with what is going on and how this is impacting weight gain in particular, is sugar. So sugar is really important providing energy during a stressful event. But what happens in these cases, which is different from when we were running from tigers, is that we receive this, let's say, email. We get all excited about it. Our body perceives it as stress. It mobilizes sugar into our bloodstream, but it doesn't get used up because we're not running anywhere. Our body's not using it. So then it just gets stored as fat. Then cortisol stops the secretion of insulin in order to increase blood sugar levels. It also can make the cells less responsive to insulin, causing them to become insulin resistant. Now, these are the underlying reasons why it is so detrimental to our body overall, whether it's losing weight or just being healthy, because insulin resistance causes the blood sugar levels to stay high. In our, in our blood vessels, which causes damage. So stress overall really messes with our blood sugar levels and fat storage. And again, then our body craves high carb foods. High carb foods make us feel good. Again, this is all a survival mechanism, right? Your body wants you to eat these things because high carb foods make us fat stores fat, which is good for survival, but we don't need this anymore. We're not running from tigers. So stress in women entering or in perimenopause. So if you're anywhere upward of, you know, 40 plus, probably in some level, everybody experiences this a little bit different, but our, our hormones are very temperamental at this age. Our adrenals are actually working harder when our estrogen levels begin to decline, which may disrupt cortisol levels all the more. Excess cortisol can exacerbate all the symptoms that we have in perimenopause, weight gain, bone loss, anxiety, depression, memory loss, which makes it all the more crucial that we deal with the stress and balancing hormones when you're in your 40s. So it's interesting because you may look back to your 20s and your 30s and say, geez, you know, I was able to handle all of this so much better 
when I was younger. Number one, you have more on your plate, but number two, your hormones are just that much more temperamental. And it's a, it's a real phenomenon that this is impacting your, your well-being and your health. So when our sleep patterns become disrupted, disrupted from stress, we get more wired and tired, irritable, and we run the risk of feeling depressed. Our coping skills go down. And then what happens is we turn to caffeine, sugar, carbs to help us move forward. Being in chronic stress elevates our cortisol levels and feeling generally like crap. So there's a few suggestions I have for women who are struggling with weight gain and all the other effects of chronic stress. So one of them is really tapping into the part of the nervous system that most directly impacts cortisol levels. So this requires a little understanding just to kind of help you on, kind of get to why, why I think this is so important that so your nervous system has two sections, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And one of them is like the gas pedal, the sympathetic, and the parasympathetic is like the brakes. When we stimulate the brakes, the parasympathetic nervous system, we can have a direct impact on our physiology and what our body is doing. One of the most effective ways to do this is by deep breathing. When you inhale slowly and then exhale slowly, like five or six seconds, on the exhale, you're actually stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system or the brake system. Other ways you can stimulate this part of your nervous system, which is gonna slow all of those things down. So it can help you to overcome that stress response. Um, humming, singing, uh, splashing cold water on your face, yoga and meditation. These are all ways that you can actually stimulate that part of your nervous system that slows things down. Now, I will say that being able to do this, being able to calm your nervous system down is a skill that you know some people are better at because they've practiced it more, or for whatever reason, they're better at it. And some of us really struggle with this. It is something that in the moment of a high stress situation, unless you're doing it all the time, can be more challenging. So it's kind of like a muscle. So if you picture relaxation techniques, think of it as a muscle, just like if you were doing sit-ups or learning to run or any one of those things. It takes practice to get good at it. So practicing deep breathing, practicing meditation techniques, practicing yoga more regularly will help you eventually in those moments where you're really stressed out. So like I said, it's like a muscle. But it also, one of the things that's really awesome about it is that when you go into those moments of relaxation more frequently, you start to know the difference between when you're stressed and when you're relaxed. So that's one of the things that really helps. And then as you do this more and more frequently, 
you become better at it. Now, if the thought of learning how to meditate seems really, really difficult and challenging right now, I suggest just starting to do some deep breathing, taking five deep breaths a couple of times a day. One of the best times to take those deep breaths is right before you sit down to eat. Because what's happening, if your body is jazzed up and in this sort of heightened, stressed sort of situation, your body, your physiology is stressed out in that moment and you go to eat, you're going to have a much more difficult time. Your body has shuts down the digestive system. So you're going to have a harder time digesting the food that you're eating, which then kind of exacerbates all the other problems. So taking a moment between before, before each meal and just deep breathing can be really, really effective if you make that a habit. So here's an exercise that you can also try. Um, and this is kind of along the lines of meditation. It's sort of the basis of meditation. So I want you to just sit. If you're driving in the car, you could try this at another time. But if you're sitting here listening to this, I want you to take a moment to just observe the situation right now, or you could do this after the podcast. Sit and observe your situation at, at any moment in time. You want to notice all the things around you, what you see, how your body feels, where your hands are placed, where your feet are placed. Do you notice any sounds? Is it sunny out? What do you hear? What do your clothes feel like on your body? Really get into the detail of the moment. Practice being an observer. When we practice being the observer of what is going on around us, we start to practice being more mindful and recognizing things. That takes us for a moment out of the situation a little bit and just observing it. That can be really, really helpful when you feel you're in a situation and the feelings are running high, allowing you to step back from that. Okay, so the next thing that you can do that we should talk about is addressing your lifestyle. So there are avoidable stressors in our lives. Some are not avoidable. And those are the ones that you sometimes need to deep breathe through. Sometimes be more mindful through them, trying to detach a little bit. But we often say yes to just too many things in our lives. And as women, we are guilty of doing this quite a bit. And learning to say no is a skill. And I know that that's easier said than done for many of us. But learning to say no or saying, you know what, I need to think about this might be a better way to start. So not being quick to just please everyone. Also, 
and we hear this all the time, avoiding the news and social media if it stresses you out. We spend a lot of time on social, social media. And, you know, sometimes we just need to step away from it and let it go. Detach or unplug. Not engage. One of the things about social media is the more you engage in certain topics that annoy you, the more they show up in your newsfeed. So really just avoiding those conversations. You're not going to change anyone's mind. People are going to think what they want to think. And it's really not worth your time getting upset about. Having work boundaries. So we have become this 24-7 work machine. We have become work machines, right? 24-7. A lot of us, we answer phone calls and emails all, all times of the day, all week long. Turn off your phone. Get outside. Really make an effort to have boundaries when it comes to work and shut it off. When you close that door, if, you're home, if you have a home office, shut the door. If you, have, uh, if you don't have an office, put it aside and really get clear about when you're working and when you're not. Be very efficient when you are working so you get your work done. And then find times to completely unplug. Next, to-do lists. They are great for helping us remember what we want to do, but we must always look at our list and prioritize, maybe even on a daily basis, according to what is most important. This goes back to saying yes to too many things. Ask yourself on your list, what can I permanently cross off? Consider the things that are important to you. What are the most important things? What are your values in life? If family is a value of yours, that should always be a priority. So you really need to consider what are the things that are most important to me? We can't be everything to everyone. A lot of times we spread ourselves too thin. Now, another source of stress can come from some of the things that we do to ourselves. We think we're doing good can come in the form of overeating that could be stressful on our body Undereating can also be stressful for our body malnutrition cutting out major food groups we've done that too sometimes fasting and women respond differently to fasting that can be perceived if you're highly stressed out already and then you suddenly stop eating that can be a major stressor your body even though you, you know you're doing it because you think it's healthy what our body perceives as stress may be um, different than what we think over exercising can also be extremely stressful for our body so the best way to keep stress in check is to become keenly aware of the situations that are causing stress and then how your body feels during the stressful event or after? Do you feel it in your jaw? Do you feel you know, a pit in your stomach? Really understanding in those moments when we're stressed out. 
Because if we can identify the things that are getting to us, then we can make an effort to either A, calm our nervous system down by doing some deep breathing, maybe rethinking why it's upsetting you. You know, is it a valid thing to really be upset about? Is it something we should be worried about? And that's where a lot of coaching comes in because we dive into the mindset of what is causing stress. And sometimes it's the way we think about stressors, right? We internalize a lot of these things. Um, and a different perspective shift can be really liberating. So my guess is that a lot of our weight gain over the years is affected by the stress in our lives. And, you know, handling that stress, understanding it, and making a real effort to try to feel better in the moment, lessen the impact of stress, and understand how it's impacting our health can be really, really critical to being successful um, with our health goals or weight loss, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. So I hope that this helped. It's a little bit of a longer podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode and we're going to talk more about balancing hormones in this series for women and hormone balance. So today we talked about cortisol and how that impacts weight gain and our health. We talked previously about blood sugar levels and insulin. And I have more to come in the next episode. Take care, guys.